I think a new team has arrived in the AFC West, and their name is the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Herbert stops, launches deep. Jalen Guyton, he's got it. Herbert fires open, making the grab. Mike Williams down the sideline. 17 yard line, look out again. The NFL football season is here. The Chargers have a game on Saturday, on Sunday. Dude, I am pumped. I'm going to be there at that Raiders game, and I'm just so excited, dude. Like, this is where our podcast is supposed to be at, talking actual games, football. actual football. Let's fucking we have go. a football game to prepare for. One more sleep. One more sleep. The, the season tomorrow with an absolutely incredible showdown, by the way, between and the Rams. How can you not be pumped? Football season's back. Get over it. It's it's time to get excited. I know we ha- we're dealing with a heat wave over here in California. I don't. I couldn't care. I'm just excited for football this weekend. Yeah, man. I'm ecstatic. Uh, a lot of Chargers stuff been coming our way. So they just had the second episode of uh, All In. I like Brandon Staley getting in some ass, bro. Get, starting it off with a. Uh, you know, he's such a nice guy that you wouldn't expect him to be able to like. <laughs> come out and, and get into some players about, you know, how they're practicing. And uh, it's just a side of them. I haven't seen, I haven't seen that, like, you know, go in, go after the, these guys yet. Yeah. Like I haven't seen any of it. I love, I love all of that because for where I'm at, we've had talented chargers teams before in the past. I don't think ever the, the, the talent that this team has, but we've had talented teams before that are just for whatever reason, injuries, just not making the right plays during the right times. They've underperformed. And so now it's time to go out there and, and take care of business. You you have acquired the Super Bowl talent. Now you got to go win football games. So I love it. You got to hold people accountable when you're building a culture. It's all about accountability. It seems like Brandon Staley is that type of guy that he's not going to let anything slide. And that's the the type of focus you need to have when, when you have the Super Bowl aspirations that the Chargers have this season. So talking about Chargers, we had eight Chargers named team captains. Uh, your team captains for the 2022 season is going to be obviously our quarterback, our leader, whoop, whoop. Justin Herbert. Uh, running back, Austin Eckler. Wide receiver, Keenan Allen. Center, Corey Lindsley. Uh, that's all on the offensive side of the ball. On defense, you've got Derwin James, who is the heart and soul of this team. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, and defensive tackle, Sebastian Joseph Day. So most of these guys are holdovers from from previous seasons. Uh, the new guys being Khalil Mack, who's kind of a quiet guy, doesn't talk yeah. a whole lot. But when you're that talented, you're that good for so many years. You're a defensive player of the year, uh, and you're just a guy who just wrecks havoc. A lot of players look up to you, even if he's not the most vocal uh, player, at least to the media. You know, he's vocal in the huddle, getting players lined up correctly, and he just leads by example. And the other guy being Sebastian Joseph Day, uh, who's going to be that interior presence for the Chargers, the guy who's really brought in to 
change that interior of the defensive line that that looked that horrendous run defense last year. Uh, any guys on here you think that you're kind of surprised wasn't named a team captain? Or I feel like this is pretty uh, pretty much what was expected. The only guy there that I, I didn't really see that from was Sebastian Joseph Day, but um, the 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 team captains that we have, I think, are adequate for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, every position is represented well. Um, I know I think those are the there's no clear guy. I, I guess I thought just because of the the level of talent, you you might want to put a J.C. Jackson in there over Sebastian Joseph Day. But at the end of the day, it, it's it's voted on by the team. Uh, obviously, J.C. Jackson is a phenomenal player. He's going to play a significant role. It, it's not. It goes beyond just, you know, the talent that you bring to be voting team captain. You not necessarily, you know, have to be the most talented guy. It's a different role when you're, you're being deemed a leader of the team. So I think the obvious guys are in there. Um, I think, I guess, J.C. Jackson would be a little bit surprising. I, I guess was I wasn't. Like Kyle Van Noy. Van Noy is a presence, too. Uh, I think that is actually a little more surprising because Kyle Van Noy is – He's a veteran leader. He's been a, 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 a leadership presence since he stepped in the building, talking about what it takes to to win a Super Bowl, telling, talking about how excited he was to come here and play with with this unit. So that that was, a, I guess, a surprise, too, because, um, yeah, he, he's a guy. It's the only position group that wasn't really brought in right uh, hmm. in, into that group. And I guess the, the question came down to Sebastian Joseph Day and Kyle Van Noy. But uh, Sebastian Joseph Day uh, – He's a vocal guy. He's definitely yeah. a talker. Uh, and then what kind of energy does he bring to the unit? And he's a very energetic mm-hmm. guy, just uh, constantly like going after it. So I get it. Um, Kyle Van Noy is the only other guy out of that group that I probably might have thought about putting into that. And he's going to yeah. be a leader regardless, right? right. He's still, just because he doesn't wear the C on his chest. I mean, he's probably the first guy uh, to get that if one of those guys goes down for energy who moves into that role for sure. Well, and it's a, it's a good, I think it's a good problem to have that. Not everybody who you would deem as a leader is wearing a C, you know, you've got leaders beyond the C on the chest. Um, and that's what it takes. You, you need a deep team to go deep. You know, injuries are, are, are bound to happen. Uh, people get banged up. Not everyone can go hundred percent for 17 games through a, you know, a playoff run. So we're going to need a lot of different people contributing. Um, so I think it's a good problem to have when you, when you have a guy like Kyle Vanoy, you have a guy like J.C. Jackson, who, who's not going to wear a C, who's definitely a presence, who probably be a captain on most teams right now. We're just deep. And that's a good problem to have. It is. It's a great problem to have. Uh, and I think that outside of Justin Herbert, all these guys are a little bit older. Um, Derwin James has been on the team for five years now. Yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert is going into his third year. Austin Eckler is on his second contract. Keenan Allen. I mean, all these guys make a lot of sense. They're all veteran guys. Joey Bosa um, in there as well. So I, I like that who we got here out of our, our team captains. Most of them are guys that have been on the team for a while, played a lot of football. So, and then you got to have a quarterback kind of be that leader. Yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert's always been more of a quiet guy. I, I remember talking about him when we drafted him. Um, a while back, and I used to say, man, this guy's so quiet. But as he's kind of come onto his own, uh, he's really kind of taken that next step. You, sure. you, you kind of see it, right? He's like gaining, well, I think, a little more confidence in himself. He is becoming a little more outspoken. He's becoming, I think, more com- comfortable at the podium, addressing media, you know, talking 
about his team, talking about, you know, his expectations for the team. So uh, I hope that translates to the the playing field because for the the the, the has, sample size we have right. two seasons. <laughs> He's been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal. So if, if we're seeing that maturity, you know, from I guess like a, a mental standpoint, just imagine the what that's going to mean when he's throwing a football to Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, and et cetera. So let's talk about the injury report a little bit. Um, we only have three guys listed on the injury report, uh, J.C. Jackson, Donald Parham, and our running back, rookie running back, uh, Isaiah Spiller. Uh, Donald Parham is questionable. He's had this hamstring injury. Uh, he returned to individual yeah. drills on Wednesday. Uh, that was coming from Daniel Popper, uh, JC Jackson, uh, head coach Brandon Staley said that on Wednesday today, that Jackson's ankle will probably be a game time decision ahead of the matchup. I know they came out and he's not expected to play, uh, right. but it's really going to be a, a feel it out. if He's ready to go. I'm actually looking forward to JC Jackson not playing because I want to yeah. see Asante Samuel and Michael Davis. Uh, and I talked about it a little bit, um, on my Twitter account, I want to see both of them lined up against Devontae Adams for a full half because I feel like that matchup, that camp battle still hasn't been fully, like nobody ran away from it. Right. Uh, Sante Samuel was kind of listed as a starter early and then Michael Davis gained some ground on him, right? So uh, both players get an opportunity to go against the absolute best in the game and whoever fares the, the best, you'd likely probably see one of them see those starter snaps starting week two and forward. So I don't think that that is 100% locked down. Uh, I know that Asante Samuel, the depth chart did come out for the chargers. A couple of things I want to talk about on there, but Asante Samuel was listed as the starter uh, in that uh, unofficial depth chart. So Oh, yeah, yes. Uh, did you have a chance to take a look at the uh, Chargers depth chart at all and anything that kind of surprised you? Um, I think the big one is, is Tillery over Morgan Fox. Um, That's a huge I think one. Huge. Uh, let's go through it. Um, so a couple of things that I looked at on here, just based off of what I saw. Uh, Jamari Salyer and Brendan Jaimes are both left at equally at left and right guard. Um Trey Pipkins, that's the big one, right? That was the one that we've been following all camp. Trey yeah. Pipkins did win that battle. I know that we uh, this this isn't new news by any means, uh, but he is going to be playing against Max Crosby this weekend, and I think that's going to be a huge game. One of the things that I'm looking forward to, to looking at is seeing how many pressures Trey Pipkins gives up this game in comparison to what Storm Wrighton gave up over the last two games. Yeah. And I want to see – if those pressures are down to see realistically how much better has he gotten this year than what storm Norton was last year. Well, and you're going to, you're, we're going to find out really soon. Um, you're going to find out really soon. You, you got Max Crosby paired up with a, a, a new running mate in, in Chandler Jones. So uh, you're, they're going to want to get after the quarterback, especially the fact that Justin Herbert's one of the the best quarterbacks in the league when not pressured. He drops down, I th- want to say, like 15th under pressure. So if, you, if you're going to give me the option, um, I'm going to take that, that 15th ranked number as opposed to the best guy in the league. you got to have to get after Justin Herbert if, if, if you're the Raiders and want to stand a chance in this game. 
for running back two, uh, Joshua Kelly and Sony Michelle are both listed as the second running back, while Isaiah yeah. Spiller is listed as the fourth. I think all three of those guys are going to see some snaps. I'm interested to see one Kelly. I, I want to see how he plays against higher level competition than what he saw in the preseason. I think that's going to be something to monitor. Uh, Michelle came in was automatically listed as number two. Yeah. Easy to do that over a rookie running back, but I want to see how these snaps behind Austin Eckler end up playing out and see who, who actually takes the, the full role of RB2. And yeah. we might not see or have that answered this week, but in the next couple of weeks, that's gonna um, that's going to, as Brandon Staley say, that's going to express itself, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that ends up planning out. Uh, you just talked about Jerry Taylor Morgan Fox. Morgan Fox had a phenomenal uh, camp. I, I am really, really surprised that he's listed as the starter. I mean, why? I, I, I don't I don't know. Uh, there's no good question for you. I think across the board, Morgan Fox is a better football player. Um, maybe it's like a seniority thing. Maybe it's just an appearance thing. Uh, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. I think Morgan Fox is going to play a lot. Um, I think you're going to see Tillery kind of get phased out of this rotation over the year. That's just kind of my hope. I have been praying that Derry Tillery is going to get it together. I just don't believe in him anymore. Um, and from what I've seen in Morgan Fox, we have a really good football player. So why not let him try? He can't be worse. Um, and I think we have an actually a much better player in Morgan Fox. So I, I think he's the clear cut starter there. Um, coaching staff views it differently so we'll, we'll see what kind of rolls out sunday i think both players are going to play if you if you have tillery right now slated ahead of morgan fox on the depth chart i'm wondering if they're going to split snaps it, it seems That's like that right I'm it's, looking at. yeah it's like one of those things and, where I, I don't think the coaching staff it like the right tackle position or well right tackle is a little different but like like the outside corner battle like the running back two battle Nobody clearly defined themselves. You got guys who did better than others, but nobody ran away with it like you were saying. So maybe it's a similar situation. I thought we saw enough from Morgan Fox, but. I felt like Morgan Fox ran away from it. He was blowing up dudes in the preseason. Like he played extremely well. I thought so too. Extremely impressive. And he has that flexibility to play off the edge if you need him Mm -hmm. to. Jerry Tillery is really down, down that list of guys that are going to go play off the edge. So. Morgan Fox has that ability to kind of move around. Maybe he's kind of going to be a little bit of a chess piece. Um, but ultimately, I, I don't know. Maybe it's an experiment. <laughs> Maybe it's yeah. like, hey, let's throw him out there. It's the early part of the season. Let's just see if he gets it together, getting snaps, like meaningful snaps against really a, a, a terrible offensive line, kind of build his confidence a little bit. I don't know why Jerry Tillery's listed where he is because I felt like Morgan Fox was better than him in every phase of the game. Every phase. He was God, Tillery's god awful. <laughs> well, I just and, don't know how else to put that. Maybe it's an also another thing of maybe Morgan Fox didn't run away with it, but Tillery just didn't do enough bad to justify taking the job from him. So maybe it's like one of those things like, all right, we're gonna test you. And if you continue to show us what we believe, uh, we're going to go with, with the new guy. Um, so maybe it's one of those things, just in the reverse. Like, he just didn't do enough bad to justify uh, losing his starting position. I don't know. I don't understand it. Um, I'm hoping we see more Morgan Fox snaps and Jerry Tillery snaps. I think it, it if the rest of that D-line can show up, uh, I think that matchup 
gets, you know, lessened, like the significance of that position um, is significantly reduced, but it, it, it's a team sport. It's the ultimate team sport for a reason. You need all 11 guys working in unison collectively for four quarters. So we'll see. I'm not, uh, it's not something I'm super confident about. No, I'm not very confident either. Um, let's talk about the Raiders. You ready to talk about the Raiders? Mine as well. I'm so sick. I'm so angry with them. I, I can't, I'm so happy we got in week one. Let, let's go. So tell me about this revenge game. What are you looking forward to just seeing happen outside of just a win? But like before we get into the players, before we get into like what does this game coming off of the fact that we the last team we played was the Raiders? What yeah. do you want to see occur to just be feel full again? Because I feel so yeah. empty with this Absolutely. loss. It's still I still taste it. I'm trying to drown it in wine. I'm really struggling. No, that hurt. That hurt. Um, and to me, it, it is all about making a statement. Like, who are we? Because last year we were a fringe playoff team who gave up 70 yards on two rushing plays to give up a, a game losing field goal. So it's all about making a statement. Who are the 2022 Los Angeles Chargers? And I want to come out hot, punch them in the mouth, um, and and show them that we are going to be a – presence not just this year but for years to come and i think you start that by you don't you got to take it week by week um what a better test than to play a division rival at home the team that knocked you out of the playoffs last year a team whose fan base is year in and year out delusional for their expectations in the team uh, i can't wait i want to make a statement and an example of the Las Vegas Raiders. And I, I don't think you do that any other way, uh, but going out and dominating from, from opening kickoff to the end of the game, I don't want to take the gas off the pedal one bit. Uh, I'm looking for like a 34, 20, 21, uh, just shellacking. That, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, and make a statement, show the league and the division who we think, who, how we view ourselves. So, um, and I think, yeah, I'm just excited. I want to make a statement and an example out of the Raiders. So this game, this team starts really with Derek Carr. Uh, and how is Derek Carr going to play? Uh, he had his best statistical season last year, uh, completing 68% of his passes for 4,800 yards. The most passing yards he had ever passed for before that was 4,100. So he really played himself into a much better uh, better just overall talent level. He really brought himself up from previous years, and he really didn't have the greatest uh, cast if you take into effect that Darren Waller was out most of the year, that yeah. they lost their first-round pick to this crazy incident. I uh, had 23 touchdowns to 14 interceptions. Uh, they threw the ball a lot more than I think people were expecting them to throw. Uh, 626 attempts. Before that, the most he had was his rookie season, 600. And then really it's been kind of around the 525 to 530 range for most of his career. So he really played himself into a totally different talent of level of talent than what he's shown in previous seasons. And I think that they got definitely better at the wide receiver group when you take into effect that Devontae Adams is on this team. I think that he's kind of the X factor. If he plays like he did last season, I think their offense overall is going to be better. Uh, 
if he falls back to, you know, those seasons where that team went four and 12 and, you know, six and nine, then I think yeah. you're going to see a lot of that pain. So ultimately I'm looking to see how we get pressure on Derek Carr Absolutely. and how he handles playing against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack every single snap. And that's a big, I think, you know, ba- position battle to monitor the fact I, I think the Raiders' offensive line is, is atrocious. Um, I thought it was the worst part of the roster a season ago. And I, I know that you, you mentioned Devontae Adams, and I'm not going to undersell you know, his potential impact on his team because he's going to be a major impact. Um, but beyond just Colton Miller at left tackle, who I think is, is a very good tackle, they did not do anything this offseason to address that offensive line unit. No, they got uh, worse. They, they got worse. Uh Alex Leatherwood experiment, that's over. They waved that guy. Um, I don't Let's talk believe... about that for a sec. What what is going on? We're cutting first round draft picks uh... after one season. <laughs> I, I dude, I asking me to explain the Raiders uh is is just is, is just potential to go crazy. You're never gonna figure out what they do. They do not make sense. Um that that was so baffling and I couldn't help but just laugh because that is such a typical Raiders move you went and drafted that guy first round last year and yes he was awful but guys do that all the time and rebound and now this guy is I don't think is on an an NFL roster right now um he's on the Bears so they got is he on the Bears yeah so not only do do you cut bait with a first round draft pick somebody that I think was still projected to go in the second round 16th overall all right, that's a little high for uh, Alex Leatherwood last season, but not to, to not even put him on the practice squad, right? Like, right to outright pay money to cut a guy that you have control over for four seasons. You still have four Since more man. years with this guy. You yeah. have last year, you have the next three years for sure, and then you have if he starts to develop kind of late into his career, uh, you have that fifth year option. Like you have so much ability to just let him sit, just give him a a random roster spot. And they decided that it just wasn't going to be enough. And they, they paid like $7 million to cut him. And then if he would have went unclaimed on waivers, they would have owned, owed him even more money. The bears picked him up literally as a flyer, just like a guy that's like, Hey, let's bring him in. Let's mold him. Let's make him better. What happened between him and Josh McDaniels that Josh McDaniels is like, dude, get out of my face. Like, just leave. I don't yeah. care where you go. Yeah. It's like, I feel like it's one of those, uh, like, when you're watching the NBA and you don't see anything obvious, but the ref calls a technical. It's like one of those magic words. I feel like he just did. He said something to McDaniels and, and McDaniels was over it. But the fact that you're going to go... Leatherwood, who is not a good tackle, but it, he at least had potential to become a starter. Um, now you're going to turn over that position to this guy I've never heard of, Jermaine Eleanor, who's played in the league five years, solid, but with just 13 career starts to his name. That, that All that tells me is that you are now starting. He's a swing tackle. You're going to roll a dice with a swing tackle. He is not a starter at this level, Um Otherwise, he would have more than 13 starts in five seasons. And the Chargers know all too well what it's like to be lacking at that position. I mean, Norton was a starter last season. He's a swing tackle in this league. That's his talent level. Um, And he got absolutely eaten alive by Max Crosby. 
I expect the exact same thing from Bosa and Mac the entirety of this game. Um, and I hope Derek Carr is warming up his legs right now because he's going to need them fresh on Sunday. On our week four matchup last year, Carr was sacked four times with a 45% pressure rate. He ended up throwing that game-ending interception, and he absolutely loves to throw interceptions against this team. Nine career interceptions in 16 games against the the, the Chargers. Uh, I'm hoping for a couple. I'm hoping for a couple of this game because um, I'm I'm ready to get after Derek Carr. I I want another crying car meme. Can we get one of those? <laughs> you know, you're you're talking about Jermaine Illuminor, and you're not knowing much about him. But even the right guard, Lester Cotton Senior, who's it, projected to be their starter, <laughs> I don't. Even, I've never heard of this guy before. At no. least Illuminor star- started games for them last year. Lester Cotton is a 26 year old player who's in his second season and he has zero starts to his name and he's only played in five total games was available in five total games so you're he wasn't even good enough to move to guard and then you look at the depth of their offensive line so it's left to right colton miller john simpson andre james those three i could see as being like really fringe kind of starters uh, they didn't play well. I think John Simpson is probably better than Andre James. Yeah. But then you got these weirdness going on the right side. Like <laughs> we've never had an offensive line this bad. Lester yeah. Cotton, Jermaine Illuminor, Dylan Parham's probably going to play himself into a starting role here pretty soon. They only have one interior defensive uh, offensive lineman. They have no backup center. They have no backup right guard. I see Jackson that. Jackson Barton, never heard of that guy. Thaler Moonford, I don't even know who that is either. And then they have Brandon Parker on IR. So they are one they are one injury away from like a really strange shuffle. I don't know what they're this no, is. You have seven linemen. And you have three start you have three starters. Those they have three eight, starters. So they have Jackson Bartman, Dylan Parham, Thaler Moonford. Two of them are tackles. One oh, interior. I, yeah. One, two, three. One interior okay. offensive lineman. That's it, and they are going to get tested quickly. <laughs> I'm re- I think it's going to be interior pressure before it's even uh, outside pressure. At least Colton Miller is a quality player, right? No, I, I like Colton Miller, but it, you even just an in, one individual guy on the offensive line, it, it, it you can only do so much. And I know he's on on an island; he doesn't have anybody to the left of him, so it, it's a little more flexible. But that guy's going to be picking up a lot of slack from his running mate to the right of him uh, and John Simpson. So, yeah, I hope Colton Miller's ready, too, because I think he's going to get pressed. Uh, I, he's a good player, but he's going he's gonna to get he's going to get eaten up. Well, the last thing I'll touch on, uh, this is what Josh McDaniels had to say as he was releasing his first round draft pick from last year. We talked about competition since we came here in every position group and trying to give every player an opportunity to earn his job and to earn his role, whatever that may be. Some are bigger than others, and we felt like we did that. We gave everybody an opportunity to go out there and play and really perform. So there's a lot of tough decisions that you make across the roster. You hope you get them all right. We're not perfect at that, obviously. So hopefully we did the best we could for our team and we tried to make the decisions we thought would help us going forward. Leatherwood wasn't part of the future. And at least in McDaniel and general manager uh, Dave Ziegler's viewpoints, I mean, they decided to cut bait. So 
it is what yeah. it is. I don't get it. I'm done talking about it because it's just it's just an embarrassment, even to their fans, like their franchise. And yeah. I really like their head coach. So the what? fact that Josh McDaniels just was like it, it was a lost experiment before he even got a chance to, to kick the wheels on that a little further. I mean, we even kept Trey Pipkins on right. the roster. He, like, well, and it's just like that. That mentality doesn't make any sense to me. Like, how did you get there with? Uh, it's tough. We're just gonna go a different direction. Like, that doesn't make any. That's not what the NFL is built on. Like, you got. It's all yeah. It's all about overcoming expectation, overperforming, um, and for them to just give up on a guy who Raiders fans were defending religiously all season for I don't know what reason because he wore black and silver. Uh I, I guess I respect that part of it, but it goes back he to the fact be worse than what Trey Pipkins was his rookie season. Yeah. And Trey Pipkins and have some faith into a starting role four years later. Have some faith in your guys to get better. To the fact that just say like nah this guy they said it in that in that quote like we think this guy is trash. So Bye. Like that. That. That's what you feel about that. That's how you feel about him. That is that's that's baffling just to insane me. To do that. Talk about Devontae Adams. I know he's one of your favorite players in the NFL. Absolutely. Go for it. Devontae Adams, uh, the best receiver in football. Um, and it's going to be a, a very interesting matchup. We have J.C. Jackson officially questionable, which is good. I, I did not expect him to even be. I thought it was going to be a clear cut, no way for him to dress. I still think it's it's probably he's probably not going to play. Um, but it back to your point, you're going to see a lot of Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. out there on him. Um, and Devontae Adams is not a guy you are going to erase. You're going to have to hope to slow him down. You're going to have to hope the other guys uh, aren't making plays when when he's not being targeted. I am really excited for this matchup. I. I semi-dreading it because I don't really know where, you know, my fandom is. I know I'm going to go Chargers all the way, but it kind of hurts to watch a player I've admired since he stepped into the league go and, and dress up in, in the silver and black. So it's going to be a kind of a weird game for me to watch. Um, but that those Chargers DBs versus Devontae versus Hunter Renfro, I'm really excited. You got Davis, Asante Samuel Jr. outside going to play a lot of time and attention to Devontae Adams, but that Callahan, uh, Bryce Callahan and Hunter Renfro battle in the slot is also going to be entertaining. You got to expect that Derwin James is going to be following Darren Waller around a lot. He did that lots of you know the first two meetings last year. Uh, we just don't have a player who got an interception in the first week four. Mm-hmm. We just don't have another player who who's capable. I think of guarding Waller. I think if you go linebacker, you're giving up a lot of speed, and if you go DB that another DB on the roster, you're going to give up a lot of size and athleticism. So I think those are, those are three very specific matchups that, that are going to be key to this game. You know, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. I hope it's one-sided, but I do think there's going to be a lot of offense uh, in this game. I, I'm excited. You, you, you get into the NFL expecting to – you want the best. Um, you don't want anything less, and you're going to get tested week one. It, the competitor in the Los Angeles Chargers right now, it, it all the competitors have to be excited because that, that's what you live for. That's what you get up for in the morning. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, you don't, I don't think so? I don't think that 
I think this offensive line for the Raiders is so atrocious. They're bad. And I think you've got the two the, the best pass rushing tandem the league could ever see. Like Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack could legitimately be That's where we're at. Ever? 15. Like I'm expecting Lawrence Taylor, Reggie bit, White. I want I, I'm not gonna get there yet. But <laughs> I at the toward the end of this episode, I kind of want to get into expectations for this season. And okay. my expectations for this pass rush is just going to be outstanding. And we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, but Devontae Adams, obviously the best wide receiver in the league. And I'm actually kind of happy J.C. Jackson's not playing this game because I want to test our, our other cornerbacks. I want to see game planning. How do we adjust to Devontae Adams not having our star player? Because I think that's important. I think it's really important to see how Brandon Staley – game plans against their best player. Absolutely. I think he's better than Max Crosby as a receiver than Max Crosby is as an edge rusher. He's just better. Yeah. He's, he's one of the best to ever play the position because I just think that he's that dynamic. I, I think regardless <clears throat> of with, Go for it. Uh, I'm just going to say, like, regardless of position, I think he's a, a, a top 15, top 20 player. Like, I take, well, top 10 if you take out uh, quarterbacks. Like, he's an amazing talent. There's not there's very few people that impact a football game um, on the level that Devontae Adams does. The the Green Bay Packers did not have very good receivers while they were there. So teams literally just bracketed coverage to him and it didn't matter. It didn't they matter. did whatever they wanted. So when you have a player of that star caliber of Devontae Adams, you really have to set up a really good game plan to prevent him from eating from Feasting. feasting and i think he that doesn't eat he he feasts he feasts he definitely feasts but what the raiders do have that the packers never did is they have other talents around him right you look at hunter renfro you look at darren waller uh, they even have some other receivers that i think that could be quality players that find meaningful roles they do they have matt collins they have uh, Tyrone Johnson, we, we've all been like a big fan of. Mm -hmm. And then you look at their running back room, Josh Jacobs, Amir White, and then Brandon Bolden, who's been a, a really key special teams ace for them. They have a lot of skill position players that you have to contend with. Devontae Adams has never had a, a supporting cast quite like that. You look at Aaron Jones and you look at obviously Aaron Rodgers, right? You got the quarterback. Yeah. But Devontae Adams has so much familiarity with Derek Carr, their best friends. They have a house right next to each other, each and one of them, right? Yeah. So when you have some guys to take pressure off, that's going to be something dangerous to contend with. The issue is, can you drop back and let, especially the deep developing routes, uh, come to fruition? Can, can that occur? And I don't think that the offensive line is going to allow this – quarterback Derek Carr to, to let it fly I think it's going to be a lot of quick hitters a lot a lot of quick hitters Colton Miller great player but the the, the other four players on the offensive line are fringe starters to career backups you can't tell me Lester Cotton Jermaine Illuminor are not career backups that yeah, Andre that's James, what, yeah I might give him top 15 top 20 center John Simpson Quality player, you know, quality. That's, you know, he's not a superstar. He's not moving guys off the ball. I think he's a quality player. I think he's kind of a, just an average starter. 
when you have that bad of an offensive line, we haven't even gotten to the defense yet, but when you have that bad of an offensive line, it doesn't matter who your skill position players are. I don't think Josh Jacobs is going for over a thousand yards this season, even if he gets all, all the snaps. Zamir White's probably going to steal some. Zamir White's probably going to get a lot of passes out of the backfield because they're going to have to get the ball out quickly. So I just, I am, I'm, I am concerned for the Raiders offense in the best of ways. Uh, right. I guess that, that is, is, is just too nice of a way to put it. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that's their, their, their biggest weakness. Again, they didn't do anything to address it. And I think you nailed it. Like, they, they have guys that you would be comfortable with as your second and third. Like depth, they, they have an entire line of depth pieces and Colton Miller. So with a revamped defensive line, a defensive line that we're paying like $70 million for, uh, that's going to set some high expectations for, for a group who's hungry, ready to prove themselves. It was a big weakness for us last season, and now they have an, a, a Swiss cheese line to kind of ease into things. I can't wait uh, for Derek Carr to take his first snap because I think he's going to dread it. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. And then we move over to the defensive side of the ball. They got holes there, too. They got a lot of holes. Obviously, Max Crosby is their best player on defense. Chandler Jones, ageless right now. Mm -hmm. We'll see if that age catches up to him this season. I have no problems with, uh, with... our offensive line handling this defensive line, but I do think there is some quality players on this defensive line. Max Crosby was probably the best edge rusher last year, not named TJ Watt. He was, he was generating so much pressure. He was uh, insane. Has a great story. Uh, and then Chandler Jones, he's, he has been a very quality player, but I still think he 
is a downgrade from Yannick Nguakwe, who for what Yannick Nguakwe is today, right? He's a very, very good pass rusher. But I think Chandler Jones is he's older, man. He's like 33, 34 years old. I still think he has enough in the tank to be a an above average to a borderline Pro Bowl caliber edge rusher at this point in his career. But I don't think that he is the player he was five years ago. No. No, no way. Um no way. And it, it's similar to like where you like where they are at in their their careers. Way rather have Ngakwe right now. And on the flip side of that, the guy who's going to be blocking him, I'd way rather have Rayshon Slater right now, especially in this matchup. You're going to tell me a guy, that the the ageless wonder who has yet to have that declining season. It's just a matter of time in this league before you have, you know, not everyone's Tom Brady. Like not everyone can do that. There's, there's one Tom Brady. And so eventually it catches up to you. He has played a lot of football. Um, and with a guy like Rayshon Slater, second season, hungry to to get even better uh that that is an excellent matchup that i think favors the chargers significantly and then um yeah actually that's a <clears throat> that's gonna be a really good matchup to watch because if i am the raiders defensive coordinator i'm putting chandler jones on Rayshon slater because i'm looking for chandler jones who has that experience to be able to set Rayshon slater yeah. up where max crosby's probably still working on how to set up players he wins off just pure athleticism, pure strength, uh, just raw talent. And Max Crosby still isn't a finished product, which is scary because I think that he's one of the yeah. best pass rushers in the league, and I think he has so much room to still grow. <clears throat> and and then, with- obviously, why would you not put Max Crosby on uh, Trey Pipkins? Well, and they they hit him last year, right? They, they let Max Crosby go after Slater a couple of snaps and uh, wasn't working for him, so they switched him over there where they had tremendous success. So it's like one of those things, like, why not see if it works again? Um, if I was the Raiders, I wouldn't be sold um, on Trey Pipkins. I would want to test that. Uh, I hope they test it because I want to see what we got in Trey Pipkins. So bring, yeah, it, bring I, it on. I actually want to see it too. This is a great game to feel out so much. Absolutely. Um, going down the lot, talking about feeling out, and then another matchup that I, I am keen on um, is Zion Johnson versus Bilal Nicholas and or Bilal Nichols. Uh, on the interior, uh, Chandler Jones is the 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 power addition. Um, but I think getting I think Raiders fans should be really excited about Nichols because uh, he he's a really fantastic pass rusher from the interior. During the second half of of the twenty twenty one season, he had eighteen pressures in the last eight games. That's a top twenty finish during that time frame. So when he is healthy uh, and getting after the quarterback, he he is a really good player. And now we're gonna get a a very good test for Zion Johnson right out of the gate, who's an absolute beast in college. He allowed just six pressures, one sack his entire career. If he's able to dominate, that's going to be huge because that allows you more double teams, allows you more, allows the Chargers to pay a lot more attention to those pass rushers on the ends. And so that's a big key to me is that one-on-one matchup. Um, Because again, you're going to want to test an experience. You don't really know what we have in Zion Johnson. I know we're really excited. We've seen him in practice, but if as a, the opposition, you, you have to be hungry and want to attack. Um, uh, you want to have to want to attack a rookie. And then you look at Andrew Billings. Andrew Billings is no pushover either. No, you got well, Andrew Billings and Jonathan and Hankins behind him. Yeah, I, and then that's where I was going to get to. Jonathan Hankins is a backup. That's insane. Right. 
Now, Brandon, Jonathan why? Hankins is is a little bit older, but he's still a 340-pound nose tackle. Like, I'm it's really interested player. to see how he plays. He's 30 years old, and he's just a strong man. That's all he does. He's a strong man. 6'3", 340 pounds. Are you kidding me? Big guy. That's going to be a matchup you're going to want to watch regardless. So, But I think that our interior offensive line is going to be probably a, a really big strength this year because I'm really expecting Zion Johnson to have a similar – rise that Rayshon Slater had because I think he was the best guard in this class and I've heard nothing but great things from him all mm-hmm. camp he's a cool guy you can't help but root for him um and and now it's all just about going out there and putting and, and proving it to people so I have a lot of expectations just gotta go out and do it do it now and in terms of linebackers Divine Diablo Denzel Perryman Jayon Brown it's a really strong group uh Denzel Perryman really came onto his own last season uh, was that kind of at the lead of all tackles for all players last year. Uh, Devon Diablo has had a kind of a good uh, rise for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jayon Brown came in, coming over from the Titans. Overall, I think it's a strong, uh, strong top three. Probably going to be only playing two linebackers at a time. I expect Jayon Brown to be taking kind of the uh, the background snaps and letting Devon Diablo, who's uh, he's really come on as a, a really strong will linebacker for them as well. Um, I, I like Denzel Perryman, though. I, I mean, I liked him when he was a Charger. I still like him as a Raider. He's been one of my fan favorite players for a few seasons. I wish we would have kicked the tires on him a little bit more yeah. instead of playing Kenneth Murray so much in his rookie season because he was playing lights out he was really uh, good that last in year, the snaps right? he was playing. And for whatever reason, uh, Anthony Lynn didn't want to play him. Well, he well he's gonna get plenty of uh, of snaps this game. Um, but and I think that the on a matchup there, I'm really excited to see Diablo in pass coverage versus Austin Eckler because Eckler, in my opinion, I think he was trending this way for a long time. I think he put it together last year. I think he's the best pass catching running back in the NFL right now. We can debate it all day, but that that's my stance. He led the, the position last year, 647 receiving yards. That's a 99 more than Cordero Patterson, who was the second, who used to play wide receiver in this league. It's 180 more yards than Najee Harris, who was third on that list. That is significant. And he is a he's an absolute dynamite route runner. He also paced the position with eight receiving touchdowns. And I don't think Diablo really has the capability to slowing them down. You know, I think this is a ra- a major mismatch for the Raiders. Um, and my prediction is that Diablo is going to get a lot of playing time out there. You're, he's going to get, I think, the first. You're not putting practice. Denzel Perryman out there for sure. He's, that's not his. That's not his strong suit. He does not no. do that. So Diablo is going to at least get the first crack um, of trying to, you know, stall the air guitar playing. But I, he is not. Diablo is very bad in coverage. Uh, we know about Perryman's mishaps in, in, in that phase of the game. But Diablo is PFS 53rd ranked linebacker with a 53.7 coverage grade last year. 14 receptions on 16 targets, only broke up one pass, gave up 174 receiving yards, an 87.5% completion rate with over 12 yards per catch. This guy just gets lit up in coverage. That's the 10th worst amongst the position group in both categories. Um, and then on the other side of things, I think that's how you get the ball moving. You know, it, neither, both of those linebackers are horrible coverage guys. And you got 
a lot of pass back catching backs who are capable of making the play out there. So if you're the Chargers offense, that's how I'm trying to move the ball. Because on the flip side of things, Diablo is a very good run defender. You know, I think the Raiders unit as a, as a whole is going to be fairly stout against the ground. Um, and Diablo had a 4.2% missed tackle rate. I think that's fantastic. He had just one missed tackle last year, just outside the top 10 in that category. Um, eight run stops on top of that. So Diablo knows how to disrupt the running game. Uh, I think that's going to be a fun matchup to monitor because the, the Chargers of the team ranked towards the bottom of the league if they weren't the worst in breaking tackles last season. I think it's funny because you have Eckler, who as an individual forced 37 missed tackles. It was a career high. It was top 20 of all running backs. And so he's shifty. He's elusive. He could do it on the on the ground through the air. Um, I think that is their biggest weakness uh defensively is that linebacker unit so I'm, I'm expecting a big day for air guitar and the rest of that running back committee and you if you're if <clears throat> if they are getting pressure if trey pipkins is not keeping max crosby at bay then austin eckler is going to be the check down man he's going to get a lot of opportunities so that is going to be a matchup to watch this might be a key matchup to watch so, it's going to be huge uh but then you just said that you think that linebacker room is kind of the weakest. I think the whole secondary is extremely weak. Granted, yeah. Nate Hobbs played as a slot cornerback like very, Hobbs. very well. Right? Hobbs played really, really well. Trayvon Morig had a pretty good rookie season. But you look at mm-hmm. Jonathan Abram, who has been god-awful. Roger Creamer, who I would say played okay as a rookie for the Chargers. Had some kind of off-field issues whatsoever. Uh, nothing like out of the ordinary, like in terms of just uh, his play. But then Rocky Sin, Nate Hobbs, I, I don't know, Anthony Averett and Meek Averson. One of those guys is going to be starting playing a lot of snaps, probably Averett. Uh, if it's Robertson and Robertson is uh, paired up against uh, Mike Williams again, uh, Robertson yeah. is 5'8". Mike Williams is 6'4". That is a huge huge disadvantage i am throwing that way all game long if they get matched up like that i expect rocky sin to probably be their uh their receiver or their cornerback covering um mike williams i think nate hobbs is going to be in the slot then you got josh palmer or jalen guyton on amik robertson if it's palmer you got a bigger another bigger wide receiver that's a huge disadvantage to this team if that Meek Robertson is their starter. If it's Anthony Averett, then we'll see where that goes. But I think that this is a very suspect, uh, not very trustworthy secondary. Rocky Sin has played well, but he's always injured and he's constantly, right. yeah, it's just, it's something that he's, he's not solidified himself as a cornerback who was drafted in the first round just like three seasons ago, four seasons ago. So I think that there's a lot of suspect to the secondary. I think that's probably the weakness of this group, in my opinion, even if Nate Hobbs, I think, if anything, Nate Hobbs' season was probably just a a fluke, right? Like a guy drafted in the sixth round who played in Gus Bradley's defense. By the way, Gus Bradley has a tendency to bring the best out of slot defenders. Right. That's that's, Every slot defender who has ever come play for the Chargers under Gus Bradley had so much success. Well, I, I think, I guess that's where we, we differentiate on our opinions. Um, I think they're actually, I, I think, I think that's the biggest part of it is, is the, the lack of 
experience. And I think, you know, going into last right, last season, I think you could I would have easily been on board with you that that's this was the weakest part of their what were we talking about last year going into week four? Like we were just trashing their DBs because it was just like, who's this guy? Who's this guy? They had like five rookies starting in their secondary. Um, but I think you, you saw a really good Casey season. Hayward, though. Casey Hayward's balling out too. So uh, I, they don't have a Casey way. Hayward this year. No, they, they, they have unproven guys. And I think if they see the, continued growth from Nate Hobbs and Trayvon Mark, they have a solid unit, but that's a big if. Uh, not everyone can continue their success from rookie year to their sophomore season. Um, that's going to be key for this unit because those guys are the you know heart and soul of, of that secondary. I think adding some veteran presence to that group with Rock Yassin, and uh, you didn't mention um, Deron Hammond in, that, in the safety room, I think that's going to help those second-year guys. Um, and if those guys, those young guys can continue to improve, I think they'll be a solid unit because as a slot defender, I think Hobbs was fantastic. He allowed just 0.7 yards per covered snap when lined up inside the fourth best amongst slot defenders last year. He gets a very, very tough assignment week one with Keenan Allen, who entering his 10th season, he's still one of the silkiest route runners on the face of the planet. Nearly half of his action from 2021 was out of the slot where he racked up 610 yards, the 10th most from any player running out of the slot. And it's those strength-on-strength matchups that I love about the NFL. Beyond that, the, the, this co- the Raiders coaching staff, it, it loves Hobbs. They've been talking about it all offseason. They've made a big emphasis to expand his role in this defense. They want to build around that guy. Um they felt so comfortable. They even traded away Trayvon Mullen, who I thought was going to be, you know, a clear. It's crazy to me that they. It's the Raiders. Like this room is not that strong, and they trade no. away another quality cornerback. Oh Maybe not a star, but he's a quality player. I thought he was their second best outside corner. Like I thought he was going to get some starting minutes if he if he was on this team, if he was still on this roster, he'd be playing starting on the outside. Uh, but they felt so comfortable Over they got rid of him. Avery, Anthony Averett, right? Like, he's definitely yeah. a better player than Anthony Averett. Yeah. So, we're also going to see, I think, Hobbs a little on Mike Williams because I do not think they want to go back to Amik Robertson. Um, and for good reason, you know, Nate Hobbs, he's a bigger corner at six foot. I don't really think he has the physicality to really box out a body like Williams on the perimeter. But they're going to try to do something because Williams was on fire when he played the Raiders. What? It was nine receptions. Let's see. Nine receptions, 119 yards. And that it was either game tying or like a go ahead touchdown um, in that final game against the Raiders. We would have not had, we would have not went to overtime without Mike Williams. And tied the game. And then in overtime, he had that huge catch and run as well. So that's always a matchup you're going to want to see. Is It's a big game, especially against a, a smaller. Uh, let, let Robertson. Please cover Mike Williams again because I'm so that. surprised we didn't exploit that in the first matchup. I'm gonna pray for that because um, in the two meetings last year, Hobbs had, was thrown at four times when matched up against Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. He only gave up he gave there was one incompletion, so he gave up three receptions, but he held both of those guys to just 25 yards, no touchdowns. When you're looking at Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams, to me that's bottling up a guy. So, yeah, it's four it's four snaps. I want to see that matchup a little more, um, but but something has to give. I, I am excited for 
the the Nate Hobbs versus this secondary or versus our receiving core. I think that's going to be a fun battle to watch. So how is this game going to play out? What's the final score? I told you what, before we get to our predictions, the only one thing I want to mention is um, how I'm desperately need the chargers coverage teams to come out and, and make a statement for me because uh, I have a really bad taste in my mouth from, you know, just watching was his name uh Cavante Turpin from the Cowboys just destroy us in that preseason game um so I need to see the coverage units come together because it's important the Raiders for whatever reason how uh, we want to make fun of them for whatever reason they always have solid special teams units which I think is kind of funny it's always funny to me but in their kick return unit you know Amir Abdullah is third in the league amongst active players with a 25.4 yards per return average it's only ranks behind Cordero Patterson and former Chargers uh, player Andre Roberts and fourth in total kick return yardage uh, total. So he's a big return just waiting to happen. I want to just suffocate. Who, who is it? Amir Abdullah. Yeah. Um, and then at punt return, you know, Hunter Renfo, I don't think is the type of returner, you know, you spend a lot of time thinking about. You know, he's not an insane athlete, but he's a very cerebral player. He's very decisive. He makes the right cuts. Um, and we're turning punts. The game I your... always think about, you, you're talking about that, is when, <laughs> when yeah, uh, Ty Long took the fake snap and dude. threw it to Devon Campbell. And this dude speared Campbell for an incomplete pass coming from way back deep. What a cerebral play. What an insane, yeah, he... smart, just like, oh, hey, this guy's uncovered. He's uncovered. And he goes and he drills him for an incomplete pass. That was probably one of their best plays of the entire year. One of his that, best plays of the entire year. And it didn't even it wasn't even a wide receiver play. It was literally no, a defensive play football. by just a smart player. No, he's a he's a he's a football player at the end of the day. And and yeah, then that's exactly the point I was going to make. That was the exact, you know, uh uh it was such scenario a, that it, I was it was fun for me, even as a no, it was fan, a, to watch him make that it's play. It's good football, right? Good like football, right. It's good football. Um I love that. I, I obviously I didn't like the result. I got to admire good football. Uh, that was a great football play from a great football player. Um, and that, and that's why, again, I'm, I'm a little worried about that punt return unit because if you give him some daylight, he's going to make you pay. Predictions. Go for it. You said this is going to be a high scoring game. I want, I want, I think it's going to be like 34, 20. So still Chargers. blowout. I think it's going to be a blowout, but like, yeah, I think it's going to, I think there's going to be maybe high scoring is not the right. I think it's going to be high scoring on one side. I think 34 points is a lot of points, but I think it's going to be big plays um, and a dominant showing from the Chargers. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm expecting. Uh, And I I will shed actual tears um, if I get anything less. So I'm going to go the opposite route. Uh, I Uh, think it's going to be uh, a high scoring game for the Chargers. Yes. I think that when you take into account that it's a brand new coaching staff, you take into account that this offensive line is god awful. It's a lot of new. I think the Raiders are going to struggle offensively. Uh, I think it's probably going to be like 13 28, 13 21, something around that nature. Because I, I look at the Chargers offense, I think that they're just further along because they got that continuity. I mean, almost every single player is returned with the exception of Zion Johnson and Jared Cook. 
And I, I expect this team to come out the gates quickly. Yeah. I think that the Raiders, just based off their head coach, based off the fact that their, their offensive line isn't going to be the best, I think they're going to try to run the ball. Mm-hmm. They're going to fall behind. And then they're going to start throwing the ball, which is well, our that. strong suit. And I think that ultimately it's it's just going to be a bad game for them. It's going to be a wake-up call for them. They have a whole new offense, completely brand new. Yeah. And you look at Josh McDaniels coming from the Patriots. They're going to be a run-first team, even with Devontae Adams, who I still think is going to feast. I think he's going to have a great game not playing against J.C. Jackson. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to call it – I'll give them a touchdown and two field goals. I think it's going to be like 13-31. Yeah. All right. I'm fine with that. Now let's get to predictions for the season. Um Overall, I feel like we kind of talked about it a, a, a while back. Uh, Chargers overall record based off of how you see this team, what you saw in the preseason from players who did play, yeah. and just kind of what your overall expectations of this team are for the year. I think Super Bowl is re- no matter what. I think everybody thinks that the Chargers are a Super Bowl team. So I think playoffs is really the floor of what you expect from this team. Yeah, I think Super Bowl is legitimately in question, but are they a first round bye? Are they, uh, you know, thirteen and what four now since you have seventeen games? Yeah, it's kind um, of my prediction. Um, if I'm just gonna throw it out there, I think it's gonna be like thirteen and four. I think they lose probably like one game to the Chiefs. They'll probably lose like a, to a 49ers out of division, which won't matter all that much. Um, and I'll give like the Broncos like a. Weaky win. I think that they just blow out Raiders in both games. I think the Raiders are going to be probably like a six, five, six win team, which is going to be terrible. Um, and then, you know, they might lose to like a really weird team that they're not supposed to like. I don't know. Who do we play? Uh, we don't have a whole lot of just like weird. Maybe the Titans. Won't... Like the Titans at the end of the season. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the Rams. I don't know. But I, I feel like they're going to lose to one or two good teams, and then there's going to be a few surprises in there. But 13-4 and four is, is my go. Yeah. Um, all right. Am I predicting the Chargers record or the Raiders record? Nobody cares about the Raiders. Right. Okay. I I, I think to, to get into the playoffs, I think you need at least – I think you need to go at least 11-6. and six. Um, just with our division, I, I, I think with that's, our division with a really strong AFC for sure. You to get in where we're at right now, yeah. Uh, 11 and six, I think you got, and I could see anything from a 12 win season to a nine win season. I think anything under nine wins is an absolute travesty. Um, and for me, my expectations get into the playoffs and win a playoff game. Um, Anything could happen second round of playoffs. So that I just let's get through the first round of playoffs, whether that be a bye, whether that be um, winning a playoff game. I want to get back to playoff football. There's nothing more, you know, captivating than than an NFL playoff win. Um, and I can't wait for the Chargers to get back and be relevant uh, when it when January rolls around. Okay. Uh, MVP this season it could be any player. Oh, MVP of the team. 
MVP of the team and then MVP of the NFL? Oh, uh, I think for let's see, I think for this team to be what we want it to be, we need a defensive player of the year season from Derwin James. Um, so to me, that's the 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 guy that that's the guy I want. I'm most excited to come out and, and put a, a, just a dominant showing because I think he allows us so much versatility, even on offense, but just the, the, the other players on the defense also. Um, I think he is a, a major factor because I, I think we're going to continue to see a, a MVP caliber season from Justin Herbert. He has just been so phenomenal. Nothing I have seen from him shows me that he's going to slow down. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think he's going to ramp it up a little bit. Uh, I think you're going to see this guy approach 5,100 yards, throw for 30-plus uh, touchdowns. Um, and so I can't wait for that to happen and unfold. But th- those are my predictions. Team For the team to succeed, you need a defensive player of the year type year from, from uh, Derwin James. But if we are going to live up to the expectations we set ourselves, we set that all around. Justin Herbert's potential. So that's where, you know, this team lives and dies is, is how many plays is he going to make for us this season? That's actually what I was going to kind of talk about next. Um, kind of talked about it already of our four players that have top 20 odds to win defensive player of the year. And I'm not saying one of these players is going to win defensive player of the year, but I'm just saying like we got four really top notch between JC Jackson, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, and Derwin James of those four defensive players. Who has the best season overall? Yeah, I, again, it's Derwin. Um, you obviously, I want Mac to dominate. Obviously, you want Joey to dominate. You, 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 you expect JC to get at least another seven interceptions because that's just kind of what he does. Um, but to me, that the, the key factor is Derwin James, just because he's. There's no, there's very few players that have the versatility. I think Khalil Mack is very close um, with his ability to impact the run, with his ability to, you know, get after the passer. But Derwin takes it to a different level with the positions he can play. He could literally do it all. And so to me, Derwin James is, is my guy. I still have his 33 jersey, the only jersey I have rocking in, in the closet. Uh, I can't wait to bring that thing out because um, it, it's going to be on fresh and pressed and cleaned. Uh, for Sunday, so I can't wait. All right, so Joey Bosa and and uh, Khalil Mack are probably the best pass rushing duo you're going to find out there. What is their total sack number combined going to be? And do we have a record-breaking, uh, what is it now, 23-and-a-half sacks from either player? Yeah, I, I don't think... I don't. I don't think either is going to hit twenty, um, but I think you see, you kind of just like expect like if either hits under fifteen, you kind of like. I I think I don't think either is going to hit eighteen. I feel like to get to get eight to to hit twenty, you need your running mate to get about five or six. Right? They're just not enough to go around. So I think both kind of hit fifteen. To me, that is the the threshold. I think we have the potential to see 30 sacks so 30. from those two players that, that anything over we are going to the Super Bowl. But to me, 
to to get into the playoffs to be ready to win week one or that first week round of the playoffs 30 is to me is is where i'm capping it you're doing better than that you're exceeding but 15 from each player is kind of my average i don't really care if joey gets 16 and 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 mac gets uh you know 14 but that's kind of like my expectation 15 each however that kind of rounds out i don't really care so 30 but I, I, overall 30 overall so I just, go ahead go ahead well i'm just thinking there's like you you got those guys but sebastian joseph day is going to get his right morgan fox is good for three or four derwin's going to get some you got to imagine that we're going to bring some slot blitzes so callahan and, and sante samuel jr are going to be in their mix i just don't and think derwin james and Derwin, yes, absolutely. There, there's just too many guys that can do it for, for me, for for a guy to get 20 sacks, you got to be, you you you, to get 20 sacks in the league, it, it is because the rest of your team kind of lacks something. So I don't think we're lacking much. I think it's going to be an absolute race to the football or to the ball carrier, and that's absolutely what you want when when you're setting up a defense. There's too many dogs. Everyone's hungry. Uh, I, I got 15 each from Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. So I'm going to go a little outside. You remember last year when I said Kenneth Murray is going to lead the yeah <laughs> the NFL in tackles? You right? got you and you I'm have like some takes every off. once in a while, yeah. <laughs> They're a little wild, right? They're a little wild. Um, I think that Khalil Mack is going to lead the NFL in sacks. Love that. Why? It's crazy. Isn't Joey Bosa the better player? Well, probably at this point in his career, Joey Bosa is the better player, which means he's going to be drawing the running back trips, uh, chips. He's going to be drawing a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. I think Khalil Mack's also going to draw a lot of attention, but when you're looking at which player are you going to throw yeah. an extra tight end at and all of those different kinds of things, I think that's going to free up Khalil Mack, who's super hungry. Absolutely. I mean, he... He said he was going to show me, and I'm I'm expecting him to show me like twenty four sacks. He's disrespected. He feels severely disrespected, and I'm glad. Not a hop, not a top hundred player in this league. Are you kidding me? All right, feed feed that guy because he needed more motivation apparently, but he has it. Yeah, and and you feed somebody that kind of motivation, a guy who is a star, who's still a top ten player, like he He's really is. Uh, and I think that if there's going to be a record, another record breaker, not named Justin Herbert, who's probably going to throw for the most yards in a player's three seasons, most touchdowns in a player's first three, all those other records, he, he's going to continue to continue to break. I think and that and he's Mack, handsome. Handsome as shit. <laughs> <laughs> My quarterback's more handsome than yours. We'll talk about Justin Herbert <laughs> in just a sec. But I think that Khalil Mack is going to be the forgotten guy because – Derwin James because JC Jackson because Joey Bosa and I feel like just because of his age people are really overlooking Khalil Mack and Khalil Mack is still one of the best pass rushers in the league one of the best defenders in the league and his down season like he played seven games on a terrible Bears defense that was missing Roquan Smith for a part of it and had like it's just totally different it's totally different Khalil Mack is still the cream of the crop. He is still the top guy. So if you're I'm overlooking with- him, that is just going to say so much because he's going to, he's going to get at least 15 himself, especially in a division that is going to be a shootout all the time. Yeah. 
right? The Chiefs, we know they like to throw the ball a lot. You're telling me Russell Wilson isn't going to – they're not going to let him cook? Like, let Russ cook? That's going to happen. Russ, yeah. Right? Bronco camp country. <laughs> Let's ride. ride. <laughs> I love I love when Keenan <laughs> Allen is making fun of him. Oh, it's great. <laughs> All right. So, I, I think that Khalil Mack is – Still a player who's got defensive player of the year aspirations. Maybe not aspirations, mm-hmm. but like he's looked at as that kind of guy. But he's he still a fourth thought guy on this defense. Justin Good Herbert, what records are, are left for him to break? Uh, <laughs> Super Bowl records. That's where I'm at. Super Bowl, uh, records. That's what's Super Bowl and That's playoff records. Get getting in the postseason. He's done everything you could imagine or ex- want, could want from a regular season guy. Uh, very similar, I think, you know, to to Philip Rivers, who was a phenomenal uh, regular season quarterback. So the, the next step, break all those records, do the exact same thing, get all those records in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. That, that's the next step. Did you get a chance to watch the first episode of Gridiron Heights? Which one? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I don't even know what that Justin is. Justin Herbert, the total Cali bro. Like, What is this? What is this? What is the show? He's uh, it's Gridiron Heights. It's on YouTube. It's the cartoon characters that they do for Bleacher Report. Oh yeah, no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, so they they changed his character to a total California stoner. Is it Cali bro? All right, awesome. A Cali okay, bro, I'll exactly. <laughs> I'll check it out. All right, um, he's one of your fa- he's probably your favorite player on this team, Austin Eckler. Give me a stat line, and we'll close this out. Austin Eckler. I he said 1500 yards last year, and I think he hit that like 60. Yeah, he I think surpassed it. Um, he surpassed does it. Does he have a better season? Does he have a worse season? Does he come back down to reality? This and is what I the most important question. Yeah, does he lead the NFL in fantasy football? <laughs> That's a big question. Um, I, I tried so hard, I did not land Eckler on a single fantasy team, which is a big bummer. I was pre-naming all of my names to air. You still got another day to start a new one. I know. I might just join a free fantasy league and make make start it myself and give myself the first pick. Because um, I've been pre-naming my teams Brisket and Air Guitar, and I didn't land Justin Herbert or Austin Eckler in any of them, <laughs> and I'm like five leagues, uh, which is a bummer because I'm a big Charger fan, and that was a big stack for me last year was the Herbert Eckler uh, stack, and I, I, I couldn't get – either one this year i got keenan allen on a couple teams i got josh palmer on a couple teams but um the the hype for eckler is there uh i the way i describe it i think you're going to see less overall i think you're going to get statistically a little less of a season but you're going to see more explosive plays um because you're going to you got because he wasn't we need. explosive last year he he's was reliable he, yeah he was getting tripped up like not you tanking you know 20 yard gains that should have been housed for 70 yard touchdowns uh just getting tripped up so i think you're going to see more explosive plays i think you'll see more closer to like a 1400 um all, all purpose yardage i think you'll see more closer to like 15 touchdowns as opposed to 20 uh but i think the explosiveness is going to be there uh week 1 i'm going with 114 yards two touchdowns and a major factor. He's also going to pick up a huge block on a, I'm going to say a 45 yard uh, touchdown from Justin Herbert. Well, the game is on Sunday. I'm ecstatic. I can't wait to go. I'm going to breakfast with my grandma who lives in Fullerton. 
I'll be going to the game, and then I'll be going to um, the Little Italy in San Diego. Uh, in, uh, oh, dude. Wow, yeah, I got a full day planned. What so a I'm day. I'm ecstatic about the game. It's going to be a great, great day, and I'm looking forward to a Chargers blowout. Well, let's close it let's out the go. right way. Bolt Nation. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Over and out.